This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. I'm struggling. I'm sick. I'm in so much pain. They mock me. They ridicule me. They oppress me. Is following you all in vain? Is it worthless? All right. Welcome back to the podcast, y'all. We have Marshall joining us, my pastor, and uh, a man of great advice. (laughs) Appreciate that, man. Marshall, where are you from? Uh, Austin, Texas. Oh, you're not. You are. Yeah. From there. It's born there, but we moved around a lot. So Central Texas. So Austin, Georgetown, Bastrop, back to Austin, Cedar Park for a little bit. What about Smithville? Does that have? Where does that come in? Uh, that's what I meant by Bastrop. Nobody knows where Smithville is, so I okay. said Bastrop. <laughs> but that was okay. junior high and high school. Okay. Yeah. What about before that? You were in Austin before? Uh, before Smithville. Like where we was elementary in, school? Elementary school would have been uh, Austin and Cedar Park. We moved, we moved in the middle of elementary school. You were like Central Texas, born and raised. Yeah, yeah. Seton downtown, that's where, that's where I was born. There's this, uh, there's this book that Bernie showed me called The Intentional Father. Yeah. And it talked about that term raised. Yeah. And now it has Roman roots where okay. the, the woman would lay the baby on the at the foot of the father and if he wanted the baby he would raise it up in front of everyone okay and if he didn't want it he would just turn his back and walk away interesting since then we get that term raised up like i was raised i was raised by my grandparents i raised by my parents i've never really thought about what does that even mean raised yeah yeah i never thought about (laughs) that's interesting yeah Yeah. so you're raised Glad my dad raised me up. <laughs> he raised you up in Central Texas. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You want to answer some of these questions? I'll do my best. People love you here. That's why you're back again and hopefully, Appreciate Lord willing, it. many other times. Yeah. I love being here. We yeah. answer your questions. You email podcast at grangersmith.com. And this first one comes from Chastity. It says, hey, Granger, my name is Chastity. Lately, I've been struggling with emotions and getting so easily upset over the past past hurts that are resurfacing. 
I was explaining to my husband that some days I feel so on fire for Jesus, and I want to tell everyone about him, and I'm so excited to be a child of God. Then there are other times when I feel so overwhelmed and emotional over feeling ignored by others or just over things that have already happened. My question is, how do I have faith? Because I know that it isn't always based on feelings. It's more trust. And do I keep from getting so overwhelmed by emotions and acting out, saying things that hurt others? Thank you so much for all you do. God bless. All right, Chastity, let me recap from my own mind here. You're wondering, um, first of all, your big question is, how do I have faith? And then you say, because it isn't always based on feelings. It's more trust. And do I keep from getting, how do I keep from getting overwhelmed by emotions and acting out saying things that hurt others? So there's like stuff under here that we don't totally know about in, in your question. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's apparent that you're acting out and hurting others. And that is part of the purpose of this email. Um, and that you're saying is associated with your past hurts that are resurfacing. I'm explaining for myself, but all this is totally normal. You're, I, this isn't abnormal for someone to say an email just like this. Um, but the fact that you say, I feel so on fire for Jesus and I want to tell everybody about him. And then there are other, other times we're just overwhelmed by emotion. That's yes. We, we hear you. Um, Marshall, where do you start with chastity? Well, one, you, uh, you don't want to put your feelings against your faith. They're not enemies. Yeah. Right. Um, one you live by and one you just experience. And so faith is the assurance of things hoped for no matter what you're feeling positively or negatively, you're on the highest high or the lowest low. Um, you're not letting your feelings dictate your steps forward. Um, and so your, your faith comes in when you, when you try to think through, okay, I know what I'm feeling, but what do I know to be true? What do I know God's word says about the situation I'm in? Um, and a lot of times, especially when it's the negative feelings, uh, of pain and hurt and suffering, the truth is, well, God said, we're going to experience this. Like, this is a broken world. I'm not, I shouldn't be chasing comfort and peace, uh, here and now I should be finding my peace in Christ should be chasing, um, the promise of God that this is not the end. There's something better when Christ returns. And so that's where my hope is. And so I can experience the hurt and the pain and the suffering, uh, in a way that doesn't overwhelm me because I know this is not a lasting thing that this will end. Um, but then it also keeps in check the positive emotions that we have and the positive feelings, um, when we might be tempted to put too much stock into the current situation. If only I could stay in this specific situation, this circumstance, uh, then, then everything's going to be good moving forward. And so, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you, you start right, you go right out of the gate and you say, you, we shouldn't pit our feelings and our trusting, or what'd you say? You can't pit feelings and faith against each other. Feelings they're not, they're and faith. not enemies. Chastity, you said, because I know that it isn't always based on my feelings. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's interesting that Marshall's saying, well, wh why do you need to make those two completely separate things? Like as if feelings are crushing your faith, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's what she's implying, and we see that we see it in the Psalms all the time. Oh, constantly. As yeah, David wrestles through this. Yeah. In fact, you're preaching on it this yeah, coming this, this Sunday. Sunday. I'm preaching on uh, Psalm 73, where the psalmist uh, sees all this these wicked people prospering. He says they're healthy, um, they have all this money, they have no problems. the The, the biggest problem they have is the fact that they die at some point. Um, but until then, they just live these great lives. And me, who I'm seeking to follow you, God, I'm struggling. I'm sick. I'm in so much pain. They mock me. They ridicule me. They oppress me. Is following you all in vain? Is it worthless? Is like, what? what is it? And right there, um, that's fe- real feelings. That's real feelings. That he's having. Yeah. And so there's yeah. not the sense of, hey, stop feeling that way. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't control the way you interpret the situation or how you respond to the interpretation of the situation. Yeah. Right? Like... Um, you're, you're going to experience things in your life that will, that will cause your feelings to ebb and flow. They're going to go up and down. And so your faith is how you respond to those feelings. Um, it's not like, okay, don't feel one way so that you can be faithful. It's, Mm. it's how are you going to be faithful in the way that you're feeling? So let's stop right there and just define that because you're saying, Chastity says, because I know it. My faith is not based on feelings. And Marshall's saying, no, your faith is how you respond to the feelings. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, think about Paul in 1 Thessalonians when he says, you know, when we have loved ones who, loved ones or friends, you know, things like that, who, who are followers of Jesus who die, he says, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. And the second part is, tends to be what we lean on. It's like, no, you have hope. So, mm-hmm. so like, be hopeful. And that's true. But the first part is equally as important. He says, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. So there's the, there's the reality that he's presenting, but you're going to grieve. Yeah. You're going to feel that pain. So you're going to have that feeling of, of hurt and sorrow. Um, but that grief doesn't find permanent residence in your soul because of the hope that you have. And so he, he's showing there right there, your faith is going to be the response to the feeling of mm-hmm. grief that you have because it's the hope that you have. And so, okay, this grief is not going to be a lasting grief. That's this, so good. Yeah. So it's just, it, that was really helpful when my mom passed away, mm. um, is, 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 was thinking through that of, in some sense, I felt for a little bit that I wasn't able to grieve fully because I, I just grew up where it was kind of like, Hey, you're a Christian, have hope, you know, there's yeah. resurrection one day and, um, she's in a better place and, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, and really studying First Thessalonians and seeing that, I, I, it, it hit me pretty hard. You know, Paul acknowledges we're going to have grief, and mm. and that is an appropriate time to grieve. Um, but that grief doesn't stay. It's not lasting because there's something greater than that, and that's what my faith is in. Oh, dude, um, that is so good. So you, you want your faith to to instruct how you work through your, your how you process your feelings, and that's exactly what's happening in Psalm 73 in the sermon this week. Like he lists all these things that he's struggling with. And I'm bringing this up in the sermon. The interesting thing is he lists all this injustice that he sees and the wicked prospering and everything. But the the issue that he actually confesses to God is the fact that he was envious of all that. So his biggest concern wasn't that they were experiencing this prosperity. It was the fact that he wasn't. And so he's trying to process all of this. Mm. And, and it says, like the turning point of the psalm, is when he says, when I thought to understand this, I, w- I was exhausted. It was wearisome task to me uh, until I went to the sanctuary and I learned. And so there's a shift where he, he takes his, 
his feelings, his doubts, his thoughts to the Lord in faith and basically says, I need you to help me understand this. I know what's true is that you're good. He says at the start of the song, he says, truly God is good. He says, I know this is true, but this is what I'm seeing. Um, I need you to help me understand and reconcile these two things. So there his faith is influencing his feelings in the sense of directing where he moves forward from them. He could have just, he could have just stayed in those feelings, right? Yeah. Of doubt and hurt and envy. But in faith, he takes it to the Lord and says, I need you to help me understand this. And by the end of it, he's like, whom have I in heaven, but you on earth, there's nothing to desire beside you. Um, and so he, he really comes to understand. I was starting to treasure so many things above you and it caused me to feel this way. But when you showed me, the end of all of it. So he's, he said, you know, the wicked, they, they'll perish. They'll be judged for their wickedness that you're, they're doing. So whatever prosperity they have now, that's, that's the extent of their, their happiness. Yeah. Um, cause they're going to get judged. But as for me, this pain and suffering I'm experiencing now pales in comparison to the, to the glory I'm going to be with, with you one day. And so, so that faith good. helps him get through the, the feelings of doubt and grief and envy and pain. So that's so good. So chastity, kind of give you some some practical application for this the uh, your words you're excited to be a child of god so as a child of god you are told that you will suffer you will have feelings you will grieve you will sin you're told a lot of things about yourself and it never says that you won't be that or you won't do that or you won't feel that but what the bible does it, it helps you to make sense of those feelings. That's exactly right. And, and when you do suffer, how to suffer well. When you do grieve, how to grieve with hope. So that's the application for you, is that you will go through these. The fact that you feel or go through these things doesn't mean you're a bad child of God. But how you respond to it is what we want you to know. And then... Then we're going to get into spiritual disciplines with this oh, conversation, yeah. Yeah. because what what Marshall's basically saying is when he lost his mother, and I don't know the how this the scenario worked out, but you went to the Bible and with your feelings. So, for instance, Chastity, when you say, "Well, what do I? How does that look like? Bring it to God when yeah. I bring my feelings. What does that look like? Well, it means it could mean a dark room." with a cup of coffee in your Bible and you go to your Bible in prayer. It's like, Lord, I'm coming to your word. I feel this. I think I'm grieving this way. I'm suffering in this way. I have sinned in this way. And I'm taking this to you, meaning practically I'm sitting here with, with the Bible in my lap. And Marshall's saying when this happened with his mother, he found a word in there that transformed and gave him understanding to understand the suffering he was going through. Yeah. There's a lot. We could talk for probably an hour about spiritual disciplines and how the different things you could set up, chastity, in your life to help walk through these. I don't think it's necessary to do that in this podcast. I think the only other thing I would say based on what she said in the email is feeling things based on past experiences. I think there is something to where we we shouldn't dwell so much on the past. Um, The Lord has us where we're at today for a reason. And... um, to keep bringing up things in the past is going to keep bringing up the same emotions. And so there's a sense of just keep moving forward, keep pressing mm-hmm. on 
uh, in faith. Yeah. Um, knowing you can't go back and change things. Um, and that God was sovereign over all of it. So you are where you are today for a reason. And, and just don't, don't dwell so much on the past. Really. I mean, I told some of our people like the only thing you should dwell on that's in the past is the cross, <laughs> um, good. because of all the implications that come from that. Um, and that fuels the faith going forward. So it's good. Amber and I were told one time it, it happened, but it is not happening. Yeah, it's good. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, it's a, it's a common misconception about relationships that they just have to be easy to be right. And anyone that knows understands that that couldn't be further from the truth. The best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. You know, therapy could be a place to work through those kind of challenges that you face in all of those relationships, whether with work friends, your significant other, or anyone. You know, Amber and I went to therapy and we were trying to work through the grief and loss from our son, from losing our son. And part of that therapy though, was building our relationship, even though when we didn't even know it, we were, we were working through doing, putting in the work for each other, for understanding each other, for, for understanding how we respond or why we respond in certain ways. Areas in our life that we trust each other, that we lean on each other, and areas that we don't at all. Those are things that we figured out in therapy. And maybe you have considered starting therapy. Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. 
Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Granger today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Granger. Next question comes from Grace. Hey, Granger, I've been listening to your podcast a lot and I feel very motivated by them. What is your advice you'd give to someone who's never dated at the age of 19? How to pick themselves up when everyone around you has a boyfriend who's already hanging out with their significant other instead of you and then making me feel lonely by myself? How do I, how do I keep faith and trust in God knowing that he has a plan for my future uh, when I'm starting to lose hope? There it is again. Mm. Thank you for everything you do for others. Grace. Hey, Grace. Thanks for emailing. Um, 19 years old. Once again, not an uncommon question. You're not alone in asking this. And for you to be 19 and single and have never dated and looking around at a lot of other people that that are dating now is very common, very normal. Yeah. Although it seems like you're the only one. I could tell you just from this podcast alone, from 226 episodes, I could tell you you're by far, you're not alone. You have a lot of people going through this. Uh, and that's the first part. We'll start with that. The second part is 19 seems so old, but you're so young. Yeah. You have so much. You have so much. And, and I would be so encouraged by you that you've actually not dated and you're 19. And so you think of what you what you've been saved from. You know? Yeah. Because all these people you're looking at and all these bad breakups and probably the next question we get, I don't know, is is something bad that's happening in a relationship that people are trying to look Hey, the question we just had from Chastity. She's looking back at the past at things that are now resurfacing. It probably has to do with a relationship. Hmm. And Grace, you are free from that right now. You have a clean slate. And so let's start with that. That's, that's your first paragraph. And how to keep my faith and trust God knowing that he has a plan for the future when I'm starting to lose hope. That's that's that. Uh, and then the, the middle part of your question is how to stop looking at everyone around you. So let's just try to think just purely practical, Marshall, on this. Um without getting too deep with this, I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume that social media is a part of the problem. Seems a pretty good assumption in 2024 at being 19, that you're going to see something else popping up on social media when it's another one of your friends and they're in a relationship and they're having a good time and you're left out. Yeah. Um, do you, what are your thoughts on, on social media and, have you and your wife, Alex, thought about any safeguards for your own kids? I mean, we've started talking about it. Our oldest is nine, so you, you we got, got a, long a little way. bit of time. But, I mean, who knows what will be out there by then, right? Like, so in um, 10 years, yeah. Kim is Grace, yeah. 19. Yeah. Those are 10 quick years. Oh, yeah. So let's, let's think of Kim as your daughter as Grace yeah. in the situation, right? What are you telling her? Yeah. Um, I mean, if she's telling me she's losing hope, I'm asking where her hope is in, right? But that's it. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go too deep into that because yeah, I don't need to go there yet. Too, but, yeah. But that's going to dictate kind of the 
some of the practical advice I give her because, I mean, part of it would be what you've already said. Like, yeah, 19 seems like you're you're behind the game, mm. that you should have already dated multiple guys by this point. And it's like, you, you got plenty of time. Um, uh, I Out of all the people I've ever met, I've only met two who were like, I've married my high school sweetheart. Yep. Two out of all the people. I've yeah. Met. And so it's, you know, the odds are not strong in that favor for that. And so when I think through people dating, it's, it's why do you want to date? Right. Like if you're wanting to date just to date, that's just going to lead to hurt because mm. there's no end game in that. It's just, and, and it's, and it's really about yourself when really, when you think about a relationship in a relationship, you should be thinking about the other person above yourself. And if both people are doing that, that leads to a good relationship. Yeah. Right. And so if, if the idea is, I just, I want to date because I sh feel like I should have dated by now. That's difficult because you've made it more about you than anybody else. Now I, I, I have talked to, to people who feel like I haven't dated yet because I must not be good enough. Nobody's found me attractive. Nobody finds me lovable. Nobody, nobody wants to be with me. And in that, if that's the case, then, then, then we have a whole other discussion on our hands. Right. So if Kim's telling me that, like, I feel like I'm, I'm worthless. I feel like nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. Uh, nobody wants to be with me. Um, again, at 19, I'm, I'm pushing against that a little bit saying, Hey, you're only 19. Don't stress about it. But, um, you know, they, you could take the conversation two different ways at that point. And so, yeah, I don't think Grace is going there. I don't think so either, which is why I didn't start there. Yeah. But I do think there is this sense. It sounds more like I feel like I should have dated by now. Yes. And I, and I haven't. And so, yeah. If so. London, my daughter, came to me and said, could you, Dad, could you, could you give me an, an example of something you would love for me to say in the next seven years? I would say, I would love for you in the next seven years to say, I've never dated anyone and I'm still 19. I'm just 19. <laughs> I, would, I would love that from my daughter. So what, you're ha what you have, Grace, is, uh, is truly a gift. Hmm. And I, I hope you see it that way. And because then we can go to your last question. How do you keep faith and trust in God knowing he has a plan for your future, but you're starting to lose hope? And I go, if I'm your father, Grace... I say, my hope is that you are still single at 19. Yeah. So how much more would our Heavenly Father want for us? Yeah, and I think there's a sense of, you know, how do I, I can't remember how she worded it right there, even though you just read it, but how, you know, how do I remain faithful, trusting God in this whole thing? Uh, I mean, it's interesting because his word actually speaks, speaks to this when Paul says, I wish you were all single. Yeah, because then you could devote a lot of time to the ministry, like I'm doing, just to not not like paid ministry or working in a church, but just there's so much you could be doing for God right now when you don't have to worry about a significant other, you don't have to worry about children, um, you have so many freedoms in that sense, and and so what Scripture speaks to this is if you're 19 and you're and you're not dating, the Lord actually says that's a good thing. Yeah. And if that's the case, if you're not dating, if you if you if you haven't found somebody that you're potentially getting married to, if he hasn't brought that person in your life, then he's put you in a position where you have a lot of freedoms to serve him in specific ways. And so, you know, how do I remain faithful without losing hope and you know, knowing what God's plan is for me in this? His plan for you is just to glorify him in everything, whether you're dating or not. And so when you're not dating, you have all these freedoms that you can do 
to serve him better. And so how do you do it? What's the practical step? Figure out the ways you're serving the Lord. How, how are you seeking to, to glorify him in everything you're presently doing? Um, you know, as you know, I'm assuming you're in church being a Christian. And so there's, you know, you can go on mission trips more easily than if you were, you know, with somebody, um, or, you know, have kids that's more difficult when you get those situations in your life. So you can go on mission trips. You can, uh, you can be in more Bible, like you can go to Bible study. You can be in meeting with, uh, more ladies in the church for discipleship and then discipling some of the, 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 the younger ladies in the church. And so you have all these opportunities to be serving the Lord and, you know, what, what, how, what, how am I supposed to know God's plan for my life in this, this point? Well, he actually tells you if you're single, you have all the freedoms to do so many things. Yeah. So go and do them. Man, I was just, um, I don't remember, I don't know if you're with me or not, Marshall, but recently someone told me, I don't remember who it was. They told me they met their wife on mission. Mm. I was like, mm. oh man, that's a pretty good place yeah. to meet your, your future spouse. Yeah. So th- that's what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, well, um, is there a, is there a book we could recommend, Grace? Not yet married, not, not yet, yet married. married by Marshall uh, Siegel. Okay, S E G A L, I believe. Cool. So, that's I, a good I, question. I'm a fan of the outdated book, Jonathan Bacluda, outdated. Mm. Um, I think that is it's probably the closest target to your exact question here even though that's coming from a married man, it's always a little bit more difficult when it's coming from someone that's not in your situation at all. Next question comes from Austin. Hey Granger, I live in North Georgia. I'm 22 years old and a few months away and hopefully getting engaged to my girlfriend of four years. I've been listening to this podcast for about a year now. And my question for you is about growing my faith and reading the Bible. A couple of mine, a goal of mine is to eventually read the whole Bible. I've tried to start start multiple times, but I always end up not following through. I always get stuck feeling like reading the Bible just to read is a chore, and I don't feel like I get as much out of it as I do when I study certain topics. For example, doing a devotional or reading along with a pastor at church. Should I focus on reading the whole Bible? And if so, what would be the best way to focus on that? Or should I just read and study certain topics? Thanks for all you do to help build the kingdom of God. God bless. And that is Austin. Um, Austin, I'm going to agree with you right off the bat. It's something you said here. You said, I feel stuck feeling like reading the Bible just to read it is a chore. And I don't feel like I get as much out of it when I do. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and I think God would agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're reading it just to read it, I mean, I don't really know anything in life you could say that about doing something just to do it, you're not going to get anything out of it, regardless of fill in the blank with what whatever that is, including the Bible. So when the Bible becomes a chore, or when, when you think of the Bible as something that you need to read because that's what you need to do, it is certainly getting into the category of works for righteousness at that mm. point. It's becoming, it is becoming, you said the word, Austin, a chore. So if that's where you are and you're like, man, I, I, I've heard people say I should read the whole Bible and I feel like I probably should read the whole Bible. It just makes sense. But man, I cannot stand doing it. And I've tried and I've given up and it feels like a chore because I'm just doing it because I'm trying to you know, put a check in the box. And, and to all that, I say, okay, then we probably need to 
aim lower and we need to, we need to go backwards a little bit. And in the spiritual disciplines, like we mentioned earlier, yeah. um, let's, let's back up a little bit because first of all, what, what I always like to encourage is, um, instead of thinking of reading the entire Bible, I don't really even like that terminology. I don't like to think of it in that way because it it immediately makes me think of reading it to finish it. Yeah. And it it should never be like that. And unless you're taking some kind of math class, then I, I don't think any book should be looked at as reading it just to finish it. What good is it at all? So back way up, aim way lower and go, you know what? I'm going to, I want to start, um, I'm going to start reading, say the book of John, but I'm, I don't want to necessarily read the book of John. I don't want to read the whole Bible and I don't want to read the whole book of John. I just want to read the first chapter. Hmm. And if that seems like too much, then I just want to read the first page in my Bible of John. Oh. I'm going to start there because I know that this whole Bible reading thing is something I should do, but your eyes have to be open to that. And this is, this is from someone speaking to you right now that understands what it felt like to have my eyes closed to it, to have the dust collecting on the Bible itself. And I can't tell you, I can't open your eyes, Austin, and I can't tell you that you need to be doing this, and if you want to be a Christian, you need to read your Bible. I can't, I can't do it. I can only encourage you if you're going, I'm hungry, I, I, I love God, I, my eyes are open, I want to know, I want to know His Word, and I'm going to go, oh, let me show you where it is, it's right here in the Bible. And, and you've probably heard me go through that whole spill before on this podcast or somewhere else. And that's not what I would say to you. To you, I would say, we have to get our heart right first. Mm. And that's going to start with prayer. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm just trying to picture this and try to give you just a practical look for this, Austin. And so I'm thinking, I hate to always say early in the morning, but you know, for me, in my life, the morning is better for my personal reading because that's before my phone starts buzzing and the emails come in and, and Amber has things for me to do. and I've got other obligations. So before all that starts, this is why I always go there. I, I would get there, Austin, in the time of day when nothing's going on and just go, Lord, here I am. Hmm. And I, my mind tells me that I should be reading this because I've heard it said that this is your word. But Lord, I'm struggling to, to want to do it, to, to desire to do it. And, and I, feel like that's a, I feel like that's a problem. And I also realize that God, my, my heart is in your hands. Will you soften my heart? Will you open up these pages? Will you open up this word so that, so that I crave it, so that I long for it? So I thirst for it Hmm. like a deer thirst for living waters. You know, I want that. I want that for me. I I want to, I want to desire this. Will you open up that for me, God? And and then at that point, Austin, you're not going, okay, Genesis one, here we go. Hmm. Now you're like, so I'm going to start with these first couple of paragraphs of John one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the one and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And you're just kind of working through that. And then you stop and you pray, you read it again, maybe. 
I'll say what? I mean, five, 10 minutes? Yeah. Close the Bible. And the next morning, picking up where you left off. Same prayer. Yeah. Second chapter. Yeah. You know, just, just slowly aim lower. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Aim lower. Stop thinking about finishing the Bible and closing the, the back of Revelation and going, I did it. I did it. Shock it up for another one for another person that's read the Bible. Don't be that guy, Austin. I'm going to shut up and let Marshall dive in on this. <laughs> no, I mean, I think all that's good, man. And uh, I don't want to repeat anything Granger said, so I'll just try to add a couple of other practical stuff. Um I would encourage you to uh, find somebody who's uh, a little more mature in the faith than you than you will be, and that's not saying you're immature. That's just saying we all have people who are more mature. I have more I have people in my life yeah. who are more mature believers than I am, and so I I, I go and I am discipled by them. But um, when you read scripture with somebody else, it there's something different that happens, mm. right? Because you start it, it's now a it's like a three person conversation. Like God is speaking and then you're with this other person kind of talking about what God is saying. And one that helps hold you accountable to actually doing it. But more importantly, they might see something that you don't not, not something new, not something that's like hidden in between the verses, but where you, they, they'll say, do you realize what he's saying here? He's actually connecting it back to this. And then you're going, oh, wow, I, I never made that connection. That's helpful. Little stuff like that then starts feeding that appetite for the word. Um, I mean, if you think about eating healthy, like the stuff that you're supposed to be eating, nobody just jumps, dives in. No, nobody overeats the healthy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the more you cut out junk and the more you start picking up the healthy stuff, you, you start craving it a little bit more. Um, and so, uh, there's that sense of the more you do it, the, the hungrier you'll get for it. Like Granger was saying, but I think when you have somebody else doing it with you, uh, that, that helps kind of grow that hunger and that desire for it. Um, and then, you know, I, I hope you're in church. If you're not, I encourage you to get in church, but if you can, if there's a way to do it, figure out what's getting preached the next Sunday, so like at our church, what, what I try to do is on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, we were talking about this <laughs> earlier, um, it, on Tuesdays, I try to send out, hey, this is the sermon text that is coming on Sunday. And the reason I'm doing this is because I'm praying that the church throughout the week is reading that passage. And so that might be, you might read that same passage every single day. And what you're doing at that point is you're trying to see, okay, what is this text saying? And how's the pastor going to preach this text? Like, what are some things he might be pulling out of this? Um, and, and I mean, in fact, it, it, what we try to do is we actually try to give out two months worth of texts. It's like, Hey, this is a schedule we're going through. So there's people should be reading those things to get an understanding of what it is. And so if you're able to, in your church, figure out what the next sermon text is and use that as kind of your guide of what to be reading and then maybe read the passages around it. So if he's preaching 10 verses, read 20 of them and kind of see yeah. what's happening around it and use that for your guide of what you're going to be reading. That way you don't set uh, unrealistic goals for yourself. If you've never read the Bible in depth before and you go, all right, this year I'm going the entire cover to cover. Yeah. Like, that's like saying I've never swam before, but I'm, I'm diving yeah. in the deep end from the high dive. Like we're going in and you're just like, that's not going to be successful. You gotta, you gotta ease yourself into it. So I smiled earlier because I was just thinking, Austin, 
first of all, I'm, I'm encouraged by your email. Thank you for this. But man, I, I pray, I pray that people come to me. Any believer would think the same thing in your community right now in North Georgia. Any believer is praying that somebody like you would call them or text them and go, I really want to read the Bible. Hmm. Would you do that with me? Yeah. Oh man, like yeah. so much of the the work I do, the evangelistic work I do is is ground up stuff, or it's from from people that don't want it, or they're rejecting God, and they and they come to me with these questions, these like apologetic questions, and and it, it's more rare that someone's like, you know what, I think this is important. And I'm hungry. Will you will you walk this with me? Yeah. And every believer in North Georgia says yes. <laughs> I will. I will. How about tomorrow? How about coffee tomorrow? So this is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A.com. You know, if you're looking to get a hold of me, maybe ha- have me send you a message, you know that's available to you right now at cameo.com slash Smith. If you want a personal message, happy birthday, happy anniversary, maybe a bit of encouragement, maybe even a prayer. I could do that, and you could find me. You could tell me exactly what you need from me. You could write it out. Hey, Granger, it's my brother's birthday. He's doing this and that. He's, he's into this. He's not into that. He's turning this many years old. Would you please wish him a happy birthday? And I'll do that right here on my phone. I record it and send you the video message of me saying that. You can get that at cameo.com slash Smith anytime. In fact, I do these all the time. Again, it's cameo.com slash Smith. You could also download the Cameo app and search for me, Granger Smith. Next question comes from Nicole. It says, hey, I'd like to get your input on the practice of manifestation. 
I have a friend who recently started a new business venture that focuses on manifesting yourself, ridding yourself of negative energy and embracing the power of your body to heal. While I personally believe Jesus is the only answer, I'm having a hard time processing what this new outspoken belief system of my friend does for our friendship. Should I let it change the relationship that we have? I find myself slightly pulling away from that uh, relationship because how can you be close to someone who has such a different foundational belief? Is it wrong for me to step back from a friendship due to differences of opinion? I want to surround myself with godly like-minded people who can encourage and help me grow. I'm excited to t- uh, take to hear your approach on this friendship and also the practice of manifestation itself. Um, Nicole, thank you. Marshall, we don't have like a ton of time yeah. on this. And so we don't, and I don't think it really needs a lot of time. But um, one red flag, Nicole, that you have recognized, and maybe you don't even realize it, but you, your friend is starting a new business venture that's focusing on this. Like that mm. says something right there. Mm. This is not like a faith thing or something that she's really, it doesn't sound like she's something she's really finding comfort in and, and practicing. She's starting a business venture. And um, there's big business in this, manifesting yourself, ridding yourself of negative energy, embracing the power of yourself, to heal yourself, you know, like th- th- those are all just huge red flags uh, for a Christian. And I feel like you know that. Um, and I don't really think you have to hear from me and Marshall on why we think that is a- an unhealthy thing. So we won't, I don't think we need to go there. What we can do is talk about um, your, the middle part of your question is saying, you're talking about the relationship with your friend and you want to be around people that are encouraging you and, and helping your, your belief and helping you grow. And to that, I say, this is why the Bible will warn us, especially as new believers or ones that are weaker in the faith to be careful when we are, we are associating with these, these new ideas. Because when you hear, basically, this is a myth, right? So when we hear these myths, we could drift off into this nonsense and actually start believing it ourselves if we're around it too much. Mm. That's a warning if you're newer or weaker in your faith. If that's not you, Nicole, and and you're like, no, you know, I feel strong in my faith, then this is, is, is definitely an evangelistic opportunity for you that you don't want to cut off necessarily. You don't want to say, hey, I, I don't believe in that stuff. And because of that, I can't even talk to you. Mm. I don't even want to be friends with you. Yeah. That's, that's not a good thing. That's not a good message to your friend. And it's really, if she's dying in this, which she is, and you're cutting off a lifeline to her, by saying, you know what, I just don't agree with what you're saying, and I don't want it to start affecting me. Um, I would discourage that. Hmm. So th- these are the two scenarios for her, and I don't know what really which one she is. Yeah, yeah. I just think when when we have people who are close to us in our lives who start chasing a different um, uh, a myth, chasing chasing a myth, chasing uh, false teaching, basically. Um, the the guardrails we have is 
don't embrace it, don't ignore it, uh, but in, engage with with them. So don't like, cut them off. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't cut them off. Uh, don't cut her off. Um, but you also don't uh, interact with her in a way where you're like, I just won't talk about religion. I won't talk about faith. I won't talk about spirituality. I won't. I'll just pretend like she has her way. I have my way. You want to be able to have the conversations with her where she knows you disagree, but you can have loving and truthful conversations with her about why you disagree. Great. Um, and why you're concerned for her soul for this. You could um, ask her questions so. like, how do you rid yourself of negative energy? Explain that to me. It's a great conversation starter yeah. with someone like this. Yeah. But on the flip side too, I think it also means you're putting in the effort outside of that relationship to grow in your understanding yeah. better of what you believe um, so that you're not carried away yes. um, by, by this other teaching. Um, so this, this friendship now may require even more effort than it did previously because outside of it, you're trying to equip yourself and strengthen yourself mm, that's good. to engage with her in a meaningful, loving, um, but direct way. Uh, when it comes to the, this issue, um, because it isn't just, hey, this could ruin our friendship or I don't want to rock the boat. But instead, it's, uh, you know, this is extremely dangerous for her soul and for those she's influencing. And yeah. so you want to you want to treat her uh, in love with the truth and 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 pray that the, the Lord would would help her to see the truth hmm. and help you grow in the truth. Amen. So that's all we got. Love yeah. you guys. See you next Monday. Yee -yee. See you. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com this episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.